He keeps himself in trim by bending bars of iron. This bar is the genuine article which we tested before he began to play with it. Beyond the bend. Beyond the bend. All right. Welcome back to Beyond the Bend. I'm here with two former guests, two guys I know pretty well. Caveman Dave, man, Dave Nisbet, and Chuck and Canuck, Josh Goldthorpe. Two guys that I really connected with early on. We had a, a, a really uh, insane group message with Dan Dring and Devin Hoover through the most part of 2020. And uh, it was probably one of the best things that happened as far as uh, my bending progress. And uh, I think everyone else's to have a to have a group of guys that we were really pushing each other with beyond like what people were doing on Instagram. So uh, welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. So I know you guys have been up to a whole lot and we'll get into that. But what did you did you guys do you guys agree as far as like just have starting that group chat and having a group of like peers, so to speak? What, do you think that helped you along in the progress, Dave? Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was very, very valuable. I learned so much through you guys, like between just, you know, banging ideas off each other, what to do next or technique work or any kind of insight, just even talking about, about the sport and everything to do with it. It was very influential. And I, like, I, I wouldn't be where I am now. or wouldn't have done the things that I've done if it was not for that group. So it, it was very, very valuable for me. Yeah. I think like without even saying it out loud, I think we were all kind of going through this little, bout of depression like competitive depression where we weren't competing in anything we weren't we didn't have any goals coming up because everything was canceled so it was kind of like we were pushing each other and they were actually able to feed off of that which was really really good i know for me anyway no i totally agree that's a that's a super good point and i think you hit the nail on the head honestly like because it was a struggle during lockdown and pandemic and everything and obviously you know, I don't know, I guess, yeah, Devin's done some, some competitive strongman and then stuff like that. So everybody in the group was coming from some type of competitive background, Dan and I from the jujitsu, you guys from assorted strength sports, you know, so it's like, it was really cool. And Steel Shredder is great. You know, David Horn's page is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really encourage, like, if there's new vendors out there, like, figure out who's around your level and just connect with them on a, on a, in another way where you're like chatting throughout the day and pushing each other, because I really think we were all able to take down some cool shit. And that had a lot to do with like egging each other on uh, throughout the day. Yeah. I think a lot of, sorry, go ahead, Josh. I think a lot of our ideas came from that group, which, you know, you should push everybody to open up groups like this because, you know, you'd think of an idea and swing it by these other guys that might want to do it. And uh, all of a sudden somebody says, yeah, go for it. And you're in your garage trying to bend something you've never bent before. It was kind of neat. And Cody, you'd said even like get, get in touch with guys around your level, but like, even if they're not around your level, cause we all had kind of a little niche that we were, that we were good at. And uh, like, so it was awesome to share guys that who were better at different styles as well. Right. You're able to feed back. Like I had never done any kind of brace bending and then talking uh, Cody with you and Dan, you guys pushed me into the brace and then the snapping and things kind of just spiraled from there for me. So it was, it was awesome to be able to have that kind of connection with guys who had different specialties or interests within the steel bending world. Cause I'd only done double overhead at that point, I believe when I was on the show last and when I started talking to you guys. Crazy. That's wild to think. 
So had you yeah. not even <laughs> bent a horseshoe, but when you came on the show? I think I had done a couple uh, real small horseshoes because I didn't know what to order the first time and I ordered triple zero. So they were really tiny ones. And so I definitely hadn't done any horseshoe snapping. I don't believe at that point. I think I'll, all I had done is just, I'd won that 60D challenge that you put down. And so my experience was, I'm pretty sure at that point, pretty close to only just double overhand. Maybe I had bent one or two, but certainly hadn't snapped anything. And I wasn't even able to brace bent a red nail at that point. I remember trying and failing hard. So I learned a ton from you guys. It was very helpful. Wow, that's great. So you could double overhand <laughs> a red nail and you could embrace one at one time. <laughs> that's correct, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's been a whole lot of stuff that's going on. Lots of competitions, lots of rosters and everything. Uh, one thing I really did want to touch on quickly before we get into the into anything too deep is Josh started his own roster, Ben Sports Canada. What's going on with that, Josh, and what can people expect with that? You know, it's uh, initially we had some good growth right away and we had tons of orders and it's kind of pewtered off a little bit. But I, I was saying to the wife, like, I kind of like that. We get one or two orders a week of people getting interested and they're still ordering um, like beginner's kits and stuff like that. And uh, it's been kind of a neat side project. Like, it's not my income. So I, I'm not looking to make money off of this thing. It's just neat to see people um, seeing a new goal put out there and actually working towards those goals. It's pretty, it's, it's fun to watch actually. Nice. And just break down the ones that you have real quick for anyone that maybe doesn't know about it yet. Yeah. So we have, um, as far as I know, it's the only female certification list um, where we have a bar and a bolt. The bar is quarter inch by seven inch uh, cold rolled steel. And the bolt is a six inch grade five, which has been bent by females before. So it's nothing out of the, the realm of their strengths. And then for the men, we have something similar to a red nail. It's a little bit harder. And then a six inch grade five, uh, five sixteenths bolt. Um, we are coming out with something new and it's more for brace bending than double overhand. Although it still can be done double overhand, but I'll leave it at that for now until we actually release the All thing. Right. That's exciting. That's cool. And uh, obviously these two guys are, are frequenters of the Horito site. It's still Horito's still on top. If you want to save 10% on Horito, use promo code cheers. Obviously he has every style out there. It's a, seems to be a steady trickle in of people uh, asserting the main one and then getting into the other stuff uh, steadily. It looks like, you know, every couple of days I see a new post on there and there's still uh a couple ones I want to take down. I just got my hands on some 4.8s from uh, Tom Flesher. So yeah. I want to try, maybe be the uh, first American to bare hand one of those bad boys. Uh, awesome. It doesn't seem like anybody has yet. It's just Russians and then Josh and, <laughs> and that's it. Even like, it might be the easiest bolt, but man, that thing sucks. <laughs> it's brutal. I tried bare handing it last week. I failed miserably. I warmed up like crazy and I just, I couldn't even budget. I need to work on it time josh the fact you've done that you're on every list aren't you yeah yeah did you get some of them in it josh or dave so? no no i didn't i i'm not very good at double underhand like it just wrecks my tendon so i was trying to do it reverse and i don't know if that's the right one because it's it's quite i mean i'm sure it's painful double underhand but it just the way it digs in i just got to work at those those two styles quite a bit gotcha yeah yeah, I'll be quite honest with the the strength of that thing. It's mostly just pain tolerance. 
I got to build that up for, for those styles for sure. <laughs> so it seems like everybody's sort of dialed back a little bit, not like in a major way, but just like, I think as the life comes back a little bit, everybody is, or maybe just found their groove with what works and doesn't beat you down into the ground. So what kind of bending frequency and other training are you guys doing these days? Uh, the bending frequency for myself is, is dialed back quite a lot. I'm starting to pick it back up again. I had a, a strongman competition in the middle of August. So as we all know, uh, bending does take its toll on your body. Uh, between your central nervous system, your tendons and everything. So I had to dial quite a bit back at the end of summer, but now I'm starting to pick it up, pick it up quite a little bit more. I'm trying to limit myself to just a couple times a week, but it's pretty easy to get carried away when you're having fun or anything like that. So it's uh, still trying to stick to about two times a week with the bending and then uh, regular strength training about three to four times a week, depending if I have time or not. Nice. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I honestly, I'm bending like crazy. I just... I think now that I chased the dragon for so long, I've kind of run out of certs <laughs> and it's uh, I kind of want to keep some goals ahead of me. So I am bending, but I'm not going as hard as I was. And uh, now that my injury has kind of healed itself from my back, I'm back into regular strength training and that's coming back. So I'm excited to get out and throw again. So the bending's still there. It's just not the main focus right now. How many days a week are you doing? for bending it's some weeks it's almost every day and other weeks it's if i've <laughs> done something big i'll go once a week it's there's really no regular pattern to it. gotcha that's crazy to think i mean it makes sense but like i figured whenever you posted a video a video those were like the bending days but to think you're no. in it's just like bending away is pretty wild realistically anytime i'm out in the garage there's something being bent <laughs> <laughs> um so you said uh, you had a back injury that was pre-existence before bending, right? It was during, so it happened this past April and to be quite honest, I can't even pinpoint when it happened. I just know that it felt like a herniated disc. So talking to my doctor, try to get into an appointment here when with everything backed up with COVID to try to get a CT scan on it. It's just, it's like pulling teeth. So I decided to rehab it like a slip disc and I had some sciatic nerve for a while and now it's kind of getting back into it. So I might not even need it. I don't know. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. And is there any throwing on the uh, horizon? You mentioned there's some maybe in the States or something. Uh, nothing as far as competition goes. I had one that was kind of a last minute invite. Hey, we were able to throw this festival together. Um, I went out and through like like garbage <laughs> and uh but it was good to see everybody again so nothing on the docket yet i'm hoping next year as we get closer to new year's the invites will start coming out and um, next weekend i'm actually going to start throwing again so i'm excited about that right on that's awesome that'll be great to see so you guys both did the last steel shredder right the, the how short can you go brace oh man how that was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i don't know how those guys go four inches on a 516th bar it's insane it hurts so bad like getting that short is wild the pain tolerance those guys have and the wrist strength that they're able to do is like to bend those bars is wild so much power with some of those fellas did either of you guys attempt to like bend it over the thumbs like it seemed to be the key when i attempted it i just did it like 
regular and I was like, this hurts so bad. I don't think I can take this right now. But it seems like the guys who actually got it, like Ruben, were bent, like switched instead of over their index. They were going over their thumbs, like in, a, in an interesting way. After watching Jaden blow his thumb apart <laughs> on one yeah, of his uh, videos, I, I, oh man, I cringe every time I try to go there. So I stay away from it. <laughs> I tried playing around with it just with some 60D spirals and it was just a challenge there. So I kind of just stuck to what I knew. I, I, I'm not very experienced with the short bending like that. So to try and learn it over the thumb like that, I just steered clear of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a very brutal one. That was like, <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty brutal and are, they're going to cost you some blood and sweat, but that one just seemed like extra. And it's just like, I wasn't even in the mindset for that. It was just so brutal. I knew people were going to be sub five inches, but I didn't realize it was going to be that ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I had seen that Krill once snapped a red and then bent the two pieces uh of snapped steel like in doubles or something like but it doesn't even matter like that's an insane feat because the it's all wonky from being snapped the one time like i can't it's insane it's all sharp on one end like i don't know how he just sliced his hand up <laughs> that guy is scary scary strong yeah and, fat, and you know what pisses me off about Kirill is that he'll bend something ridiculous and then go run a marathon yeah exactly like what the <laughs> Yeah, it's not supposed to be that way. You're yeah. supposed to be strong, you're supposed to have endurance. You're not supposed to have both. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so, Dave, sometime in the last time since you've been on the show, you got a world record for a fastest horseshoe snap. So, tell us about yeah. that a little yeah. bit. Say that again, sorry? Tell us about that a little bit. Um, yeah, that was an interesting kind of process. I, I didn't even, I tried bending a horseshoe and I got successful with a couple of those smaller ones I mentioned earlier. And then I was actually driving out to uh, my wife's family's cabin and I was listening to your podcast with Amir and he was talking about snapping horseshoes. And I actually, on the way, there's a farrier. So I stopped by and picked him up and I kind of, I had no idea what I was doing. I was, I was walking around playing with the kids and just bending it back and forth. And I managed to snap it in about 35 minutes, which is pretty slow but I was like oh you know I didn't really know what I was doing so each successive time I did it I got quicker and quicker and quicker and I got down to one point where I did it in five minutes and then the next time I went and got it and I think it was 88 seconds and I went okay like this I think that that sounds pretty fast I don't know much about it so I started reaching out to Don Cummings and David Horn and trying to get an idea of if there was a record for that at all and then spoke to Chris Ryder uh, with Record Holder Republic and he said there's no current record for it and so I figured you know what the heck go for it I was I was really enjoying it at the time I got it down to 44 seconds at one point and then I ordered a new box and the new box that came in were very different uh, ultralight number twos than I'd been training on and so I, it took me a while to actually build up to to do it but it was uh yeah it was just a lot of fun it was it was a neat process and I'm, I'm glad I did it kind of set them in the back burner since then but uh, I really enjoyed the horseshoes a lot for a while there yeah, you, you, you know, like it brings up a good point and it's been talked about on the show, but it's, it's such an interesting phenomenon that it's worth talking about again. And I guess I've seen this in jujitsu and maybe you guys have seen this in your respective sports as well. But the fact that like once something is put that out there into the community or existence, like the rapidness of progression that takes place, right? If you figure 
like if you it sounds like prior to like Amir and a few guys like really no horseshoes had been snapped you know and then we're talking like a very very lengthy feat um maybe even broken up into several sessions or something and then you know little by little even in your own uh journey with it it was like and you see this people with uh, red nails all the time like oh the first one took me 25 minutes the second one took me five the, the third one took me a minute and 30 you know it's like it's so crazy and it just like bugs me out to see this in real time that like there are these things that are somewhat thought of, of as impossible and then they're made possible and then people do it you know i saw it in skateboarding too it's like the level always like gets yeah. just turned up and i think that's something that's so cool you know what do you guys think about that yeah, it only I takes one person. Sorry, Dave, I cut you off no, there. Go ahead, um, go ahead. It only takes one person to do this stuff. And I haven't thanked Dave in person. So I'm going to thank you for this. So the first time I tried to snap a horseshoe took me 55 to an hour. <laughs> and I was trying to snap it in the dumbest way possible. And then Dave, I remember it was almost that weekend or the weekend after he was out with the family and just playing around with horseshoes and came up with a way to snap it faster. And it took a lot of the workout out of it, but it was, it was so much easier. Um, but yeah, like you said, it only takes one person to, to actually do it. And then people realize that it is possible. Like I, I, people talk about the red nail all the time being an impossible feat 20 years ago or whenever they had come up with it. Right. And now people are snapping it like nothing. Yep. It's crazy to watch that. Absolutely. And, and for the record, Josh actually beat my time with the horseshoe. So I'm, I, I was texting him. I tried to convince him to go for the record. Uh, he's got it, man. Uh, you did it very fast, Josh. So kudos nah. to you, buddy. I'll come up with my own record. I won't drop yeah, well, hey, on Fred's record. It's not my record. It's, it's <laughs> just a record. I think we should go for it. You, you did a very good job on that. And what's cool, I think, once you get a, a number of people doing something, it's like one person is only going to be able to, you know, um, sort of uh, hone their technique so much, you know, like, I think that's um, maybe why we saw the numbers on snapping reds just drop so much, like down to really a sub minute feet for like the people that can do it well. You know, and it's like probably had to do with like Dan's efficiency of movement and lots of, you know, they're like, it's just because I figure like there was other people, like if you were the only one doing it, it, you'd only be able to beat your last thing. And then as soon as it put out to the masses, then it's like, I think it's just exponentially evolves that much more. It's just like, it's beyond like, a couple other things. I think this was probably the coolest thing about bending was just to see the evolution take place in, in front of my eyes. Oh, for sure. It's a buddy of mine had made the comment. He's like, it's kind of a, like a watch this hold my beer type thing, right? If somebody does it at this, at this length and other guys doing it slightly shorter and we, we, it's a friendly competition. We keep pushing each other. And in my experience, it's a very encouraging push as well. Right. And I, I think that's a really, really cool aspect of this activity. Definitely. Does Dan have the record for the shortest or the fastest red nail snap? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dan Dring is an extraordinary snapper. That guy, he he is so fast. I don't know if some people realize how strong that dude really is. Yeah, he's gonna be uncomfortable with me saying this, but I, I assume he's 
exceptionally good at jujitsu and probably good at anything he puts his mind to. The way that dude approaches things is very, very technical. And I, he's just a, a very strong, smart dude. And uh, yeah, I think it's like 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah, if you got a hold of that guy on the mat, I'm sure you would know it. <laughs> <laughs> Another one here, 12.9 snap. Both you guys have done it. You know, that's a pretty intense thing. Uh, what do you have to say about that one? It, it was hard. It was very, very hard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky bolt, right? It's very, very stiff. Um, yeah, I, I didn't actually, Dan pushed me really hard to, to go for that certain. I was very very happy to get it and yeah i would encourage everyone to, to go for that one it's 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 very tough but it's a lot of fun it's very satisfying for that one you complete that yeah i uh i honestly had an easier time with the 12 than i did the 10 because there was less bending and uh it was a little more dangerous though because when that sucker explodes it goes <laughs> i ripped a hole in my shirt as it exploded out of my hand so if you're gonna do it be careful <laughs> Wear pants. Never wear short snapping is something that <laughs> yeah. I learned. You have to wear pants if you if you care about your legs. <laughs> so what's been some of the uh, you know, we're touching on a little bit of the hard stuff. What what do you feel like has been the hardest band or snap since you guys have been on starting with you, Dave? Um, I snapped uh Synchro Ultralight number one. Uh, barehanded into three pieces and that was without a doubt the hardest that took me about an hour and 15 minutes to do um, probably could have done it a little bit quicker but I was very careful with each hand placement because it hurt and I didn't feel like just tearing my hands up just for something I wanted to try and do it wasn't for a competition or anything if you're in a competition you can suck it up and just deal with the consequences but that was just for me something to do so I think that would be for sure the hardest that was a very rough hour and 15 minutes oh my god yeah and what about you josh uh, it's, i'm trying to think like i've bent hard material but the ones that were character building or the ones that took forever yeah good lord the snapping the horseshoe into three barehanded i did a number two i think you did a number one that's crazy it's um yeah that's there's so many points you want to give up, but now you're, you've invested half an hour into the snap and now you can't go back into the house, a loser. So, so you're in there trying to bend this thing evenly. And yeah, that's the, the, the horseshoe snap and anything I've snapped barehanded has been the big character builders and the hard ones. Sorry. I zoom is giving me some issue right now. It's like, putting a time timer on the uh meeting which is pissing me off right now <laughs> so i'm trying to <laughs> upgrade to the uh pro while we're talking um donate now yeah right <laughs> um what else here so the one you're working on right now is 10.9 at six and a half inches right josh yeah yeah i've hit that twice now and come within 0.1 of an inch and it's pissed me off and <laughs> so now that i've done it done two of them back to back i'll probably leave it for a while and build up a little more strength a little more experience with some tougher stuff and then maybe come back to it and that could be because i only have maybe two left so i can't <laughs> yeah. really waste them anymore i got a couple i can send you josh if you need them i think i got Perfect. some here tonight i certainly won't be double overhanding those <laughs> 
you have little faith in yourself. I think you can do it. Maybe someday, not anytime soon. <laughs> All right, I think I solved a little problem here. There we go. Yeah, I got a little mess just came up here. Cool. Um, let's see. I didn't think, oh, what else? Oh, my competition. That was pretty incredible to see, Josh. The fastest uh, three styles. That I wish that caught on a little more. It's just like maybe bad timing between. You know, yeah. I think if you ran that again, you'd get some more people. Or I think, and this comes with other arguments that have happened in the steel banding community, but I think if you had different classes, then people would be all over it. Yeah. And I think, oh, yeah, definitely. And you and Wigren coming out so hard and so damn fast, so quickly, it didn't leave room for too many other people. That was ridiculously frustrating. <laughs> Watching Wigren and then we're splitting hairs by like 0.2 of a second or something like that. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll run another one. <laughs> and some of the other challenges, those like, I was happy that those got as much traction as they did. Um, like the how short can you go one was cool and there was a few other ones that were really fun it was like that's what was, was so, so important during the pandemic you know what was the one that you won dave that would have been when was that cody that was maybe one of your first ones it was the most 60 d's in 60 seconds yes oh yeah. okay i think Free i got rap. 11 or just shy i might have just passed over the 11 and hit 10 there it was <laughs> That was a long time ago. That would, would that have been maybe September, October last year, Cody? Something like that. Something like that. Ago. Yeah, that was that was my first contest. Um, and then I forget which ones came after that. But yeah, that that was uh, that was the first one. And it, yeah, I think you got eleven and sixty seconds. <laughs> and then we also did most snapped in uh, maybe in five minutes or I can't remember what, but Ruben won that one crazy fast tons of snaps you know <laughs> he is so strong. five minutes I think he did like 12 or something like that. <laughs> that is absolutely absurd mm -hmm. so what's the uh as far as bending goes what are the uh things you have your eye on for the next big thing start with you dave um, I, I just want to be more well-rounded. I haven't played too, too much at all recently or at all until recently, sorry, with the mid mid-length bars. Nice. So I just want to be more well-rounded. I'd like one of these years, hopefully this year, if not this year to get into King Shield. I hope to, that's kind of my long-term bending goal is I'd love to qualify for that competition. And I know that that comes with some various styles that I'm not very familiar with. So working on the mid-length, uh, the long bar, as well as some, uh, reverse and double underhand. Just, just trying to be more well-rounded for sure. So nothing really I can say in particular, but just trying to keep up with uh, David's upcoming competitions. I just said the last one, the last steel shedder was my first. And so I'm going to, I'm hoping to participate in each one along the way, uh, providing stay healthy and no, no tendonitis issues and just keep, keep up with that. Nothing super specific, just to be more well-rounded. Those mid bars, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like, I feel like those maybe took it out of me more than anything else. Like just the, the core taxing and just like the, the paint, I did the elbow crook, like sweet part, like Don does. And just like, I felt like maybe the most drained after like those 
those sub 30, like five eighths spends. What do, what do you guys think about that? I feel like those are so taxing. They're brutal. My experience is very limited, but man, I was sore. My rib cage was sore for quite a few days after doing those because my technique is poor. So instead of doing the elbow crook like Don does and a lot of guys do, I reach back and like tuck my hand back there. And so it's that much more torque on the, on the core. And yeah, I was, I was paying for that. So I got to, I got to smooth things out quite a bit to be proficient at that. Yeah. It's mid bar. And I can say this with absolute confidence is not for bigger dudes. <laughs> and it's uh, like just, and it's the same science with anything with wraps or double overhand. If you have very soft or wraps that have a ton of give, there's a lot of time between the actual pressure to when it actually hits the steel. Right. So if I've got more fat on my legs to try and bend that over my leg, it takes a lot more pressure to get that over. And that's why it's my weakest style. Cause I've got bigger legs. I'm just a bigger dude. And I find like anything mid length is just an absolute nightmare for me. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I feel like that sweet position where it's like between your legs and around and you're, you're hooking it with the crook of your elbow is super uncomfortable it's like you got to find yeah. the, the perfect spot to generate any kind of power and then it's like this like um super awkward position to like brace and generate any kind of power that's what i felt like with uh when i was trying to like under the butt kink on like a goliath or something that i don't yeah. know how the hell anyone generates any power that way see that's the only way i get power yeah <laughs> It's so uncomfortable. The kink and the, and the crush are okay for mid-bar with me. But like you said, Cody, that's, that sweet part is so hard. Like I have that tucked up in my groin. And all I'm thinking when I'm pulling is there are arteries in here. There are lymph nodes in here. What am I crushing to do this? <laughs> and so I got to just toughen everything up. Like it's, it's a mind over matter thing. I know for steel bending, but my mind isn't quite there for that style yet. I got I to gotta work on that. Yeah. That is a brutal one. And what about you, Josh? Besides the 12.9 at the 6.5, what, what other ones do you have your eye on? Um, I've got a shipment actually coming from that uh, Arm Lifting Russia. Okay. Cool. Um, they have their new certification bars, so I have those coming. They don't look super hard, so I'm kind of looking forward to bending those. And they, um, I think they've come out with like a, a heart-shaped bend certification. Oh, neat. I don't know. Never done any heart-shaped bends, so that should be interesting. But, yeah, I don't really... Yeah. Other than that, I don't really have anything concrete right now. Yeah. And you did some other, like, what were some of the other ones that, uh, some of the other certs, maybe the lesser known ones that you've done over like the last year? Gods of Blood. Grip or something? Yeah. Gods of Grip. <laughs> yeah. So I did the Gods of Grip. I still am back and forth with them about a few things, but I did them. I did um, the Grip and Bend Italia. That's interesting. Their stuff is all stainless steel. So the yeah. kink is super easy, but to try and crush it down is the worst. <laughs> I did one of those. I think Gil sent it to me and it was like so brutal. The crush oh, was man. Like nauseating. Dawn is one step ahead of me on their ladder. And I have tried that bar twice and I have not come close to crushing it. I think I got it down to three inches. <laughs> it's so hard, man. That's insane. Yeah, those bars are good. That like, that dude's cool, and he, he puts out some fun grip challenges. I did you try the vert the vertical bar challenge he had a little while back? Like the vertical no, and the bar. only reason I haven't because I don't have a uh, like an Olympic size bar oh. or a, the loading plate or loading pin. Gotcha. Um, 
And now he's got like a, a duck one or something yeah. that they're balancing a tennis ball on their hand. And yeah, have you seen that? Dude? No, I'm not familiar at all. Yeah, the dude Giorgio <laughs> from uh, Grip and Bend Italia. It's like you hook a loading pin with your thumb while yep. balancing a, a tennis ball on top, and you have to just like lift some max weight while keeping the tennis ball balanced. It's pretty pretty cool looking. I just got to find a tennis ball. And I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> He's got that going on right now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Cool. We'll check that out. Yeah. That's like the duck duck lift or something. Crazy duck lift challenge or something. Yeah, and yeah. so creative. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then uh, been I should have mentioned it already, but Devin has his own thing going on. So if anybody's getting into um, bending, you got to look up what is it? Eat nails, get big, or. No, his screen names eat chalk. I don't. I don't know what his <laughs> eat nails, but just find find Devin Hoover on Instagram and get a get a hefty beginner package and some nice thick wraps and stuff. And he's got rosters for the the six double sixties and eighty D seventy D a bunch of stuff like unofficial rosters, which is cool if you want to get your name on a list somewhere, a good list. Yeah, Josh, we were talking about ordering some uh, grade grade eights from him because we don't really get those up in Canada. So we're Devin, we're going to be doing an order from you. Buddy. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know why <laughs> it's so hard to get bolts and steel in Canada. <laughs> well, especially considering the oil industry up here, like you'd think they would have all sorts of varieties. I got some buddies in the oil field, and they're like, "Oh, I'll get you some bolts," and they have grade eights, but nothing bigger than five inch. Yeah, Not really. I don't want anything wow. to do with that. <laughs> even grade twos you can't find any grade twos here that's crazy that's so strange i wonder why that is yeah I mean, probably because we're buying from the states <laughs> you can get a lowe's and get the grade twos here like in the the quarter inch in the five sixteenths you got they make a um on mcmaster car they have a a five sixteenth by seven grade eight you should get one of those for you josh that's yeah <laughs> isn't that like a that's like a 10.9 or something isn't it pretty similar i don't know i guess maybe it probably is no i've only been watching uh derek snap the threads off of them so yeah <laughs> i you know there was a while i eat i reached out to a bunch of bolt manufacturers because um i wanted to see if i could get threadless bolts because of the snapping issue and uh, they were all very weirded out by the question, and none of them like <laughs> none of them uh, were willing to do anything with it. But I thought that would be a cool thing to have and be able to sell, you know? Yeah, that's why I was like watching. I I cannot remember who it was, but they tried the twelve point nine double overhand, and it snapped in their face. And that's why I kind of wanted to try and jump to like a six and a half yeah <laughs> just to go for like to, to minimize that chance of it actually snapping on me because to dive into that piece of material there's no control over it i there's a hundred percent commitment and i who knows where it's going to end up so yeah yeah and that little inkling of doubt is gonna hold back some percentage of strength no doubt about it it'll kill everything yeah that's crazy so what do you what do you guys think now like being a year and a half into this thing What's some things you wish you that you learned through going through it that you wish you knew in the beginning of it and specific to bending? Slow down off the start. 
slow down. Like I, I, every, and I know that everyone knows that from all sorts. Like if you come from any train training background, you got to pace yourself, but it's just so fun and it's so addicting. And right off like that first summer when I started, I, I was just going too much, just double overhand. I didn't listen to smarter people than me saying, you got to switch up the styles because I sucked at them and you don't want to do anything you suck at. And then I got tendonitis and I had to back off for quite a while. So I wish that I had listened to my inner voice and what everyone was saying, just chill out, take your time with it and you'll get there eventually. <laughs> and you, Josh? <sighs> I don't know if I would... I mean, I went I went way too hard when we first started this. I remember there was nights so I couldn't fucking sleep because my hands were throbbing. Like I couldn't, oh God. But learning why they were doing it and then learning massage techniques afterwards, it kind of alleviated that fact. So I wish I'd known that earlier. Yeah. But uh, the whole thing we talked about earlier about chasing certifications and everything, I wish I'd have spread that out a little more because yeah. as soon as I learned about it, or about a new certification i would order the steel and get all that out of the way and then it's like okay what's next so now it's, i'm kind of in the the spa right now where i have two or three pieces maybe that i have to shoot for and then it's kind of like well can somebody else come out with a certification because yeah. <laughs> i need something new yeah 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 it's weird and i think it was maybe a perfect storm sort of like we touched on the in the beginning like we're all suffering for you know not just us but everybody was in this weird um stagnant point in their life with the covid and everything and it was like for me i remember there was times especially once i started to make progress specific in like the the bending uh, brace stuff was like i had just done something significant the night before but i'd be down here and I'd be looking at the steel and I'd be like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to try. You know, it's like, even though I, I knew I was shot and it was just like, I'll just push myself through it. And it was like, then you're like even bummed more. You taxed yourself more. You failed the bend. You probably put like a kink in the steel that's, you're not going to be able to use it now. It's just like that, like learning that the rest really is as important as, as any other training was like a real hard pill to swallow. And I'm still trying to like, I'm getting better with it. My wife even notices it, you know, like now, like with, with the regular lifting and the strongman stuff is just like getting better at just like allowing myself to chill, especially if it's like the day after I do something significant to me, you know, it's like, you can't be a total addict with this stuff. You know? <laughs> it's easy to do though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest factor for, especially us in that is, the sense of embarrassment is gone. If I want to attack something that I've never tried before and I don't, I'm not successful with it. I don't have to upload the video. <laughs> the embarrassment's gone. It's like, oh, I won't tell anybody about that one. We'll just leave it for <laughs> next time. That's true. That should be a, you should, uh, if you still have them, you should do a fails video. Like, uh, one Dave did, uh, still cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one was that? I think were you, you were trying to film a horseshoe video and you kept messing oh, the intro and you were like, <laughs> yeah, I think I was trying to do for your uh, Beyond the Bend like tutorial. Oh, that's what it was. I, now. I just was stumbling over my words. Just what a loser. Yeah, I had some fun <laughs> making that compilation. I just blew it. I can't think about it too much or else I'll start cracking. <laughs> that, that was a hysterical video. Yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> you got to be able to laugh at yourself. 
Oh, totally. But, um, you know, there's like a, uh, a bunch of new people that I want, like, uh, that I think are coming up and looking, doing significant stuff that I just want to mention. Um, and if you guys have any takes on these guys, uh, let me know. Only positive, of course. But um, Tom Morris, that dude is getting strong as hell. And uh, he reversed a hard grade five today. And I just feel like in the snapping and braced world, and reverse too, like he's killing it. And I think he's gonna be someone in probably this next year that's going to be uh, doing some impressive stuff and maybe getting into some, I think he already did a horn competition, but um, got my eye on Tom for sure. He's killing it. The dude, Tom Lennox, for, is he from Sweden too? He's like heavy double yeah. commander. Is that David Wigren's buddy? Yeah, that dude is yeah. strong as hell, unbraced. I mean, every style, but like, I think we're going to see him doing some like even more crazy shit because he's right doing really good, really fast. Um, Anton Sidon, that dude's been quietly just like smoking thick, big ass horseshoes. Like, yeah. He started the, the card list, didn't he? What's that? He started the Kierkegaard top 20 list, yeah. didn't he? Is that, is that him? Yeah. 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 That guy's very, very strong. Anton has been smoking some big, thick horseshoes. It's crazy to see. I just like, that's wild. And uh, my friend, I'm going to get on the show because he has a really cool background in training, a lot of like mace and Indian club training. Um, this dude, William Reed, who I met through the Couch Potato Strong Guys, he's, he's rude skin on Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's dealing with an injury right now, but I think like he's going to be doing some cool stuff in the bending world coming up and uh, yeah he's messaged me a few times and asked for advice here and there and yeah yeah he's <laughs> he's gonna bend some big stuff right dude also really strong in grip like he's mm -hmm. uh get get he's uh based somewhere for the military and i think it takes a little bit to get some stuff but um the grip stuff that he's got and he's killed his grip is crazy strong he's uh he's also a skateboarder and jujitsu dude so we clicked pretty well uh, <laughs> um and then goddamn bulldog marty he that dude is killing it he's just like steadily with the most like scientific of all training just like killing it so marty i hope you watch i know you're gonna watch you're killing it dude Let's keep it up, man. I love it. I'm the most positive guy in the yeah. entire bending yeah. community. That guy is unreal. Yeah, he and he's so calculated too, like you said. Everything is laid out and he just, he knows what he's doing each session and it's very cool to see that. He's taking a real scientific approach to this instead of just like what I do. What do I feel like doing today? What can I do today? What do I have energy for? Right? And you, you <laughs> just grip until you can, right? Right. Yeah, he's very consistent with everything and it's almost every other day I'm seeing a post from him. He's bending yep. something and it's not just double overhand. He's trying brace bending. And I think today he tried the arm wrestling bend that David yep. Bourne had up. So he's doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think he snapped a grade five and three, which is a horrible feat to do. <laughs> Don't recommend it. <laughs> um, he actually a shout out to Bulldog Marty. Cause he, when I was starting out with horseshoes, he helped me uh, learn how to, how to heart them which oh, led cool. on to me snapping them and all sorts of stuff. So that guy was a very, very big help. So thanks again, Marty, for that. That's, that was very helpful, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think there's like so much good in this community of bending and grip. Like it really, 
you know, it's, it is something special. I feel like I, I think it was really cool to get involved with this and then just like having the, the podcast and being able to like meet so many people through it. It is, uh, people are super supportive. Um, it is a unique thing like that. I think it's great. And uh, that's one positive for the social media stuff because we're all connected. And it's like as, in a time where there's just a lot of trash online, I guess uh, it's nice that this is a, a cool thing, you know, that's dependent. Hey, on young girls are shaking their ass and, and putting in the work, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think 99% of the steel bending community realize how nuts this is and yeah. how kind of ridiculous it is. And we can kind of laugh about it and cheer each other on. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very obscure thing. And it is so odd, but it's like, I felt like, I feel like I, it, it opened my eyes to like a different breed of human. Like I, I don't, and maybe it's just cause I wasn't really that tapped into like strength culture, so to speak. Like, but like some, some of these guys I've got to meet through bending, like they're just strong in every goddamn way, you know, it just is like insane, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It's just been so impressive to uh, be witness to it, you know? It's just such a different kind of strength too, right? There's your barbell sports and all sorts of different activities, but the kind of strength you can build in steel bending does not really, nothing too much really carries over to this, right? Yeah. Which I find very, yeah, it's very, very interesting. You can get a really strong guy and you can hand him a 60 B nail and you can just watch him. They, they can fail. Right. And of course there's technique to it, of course, but it's just such a different type of strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it changed, at least for me, it changed my overall mindset about things. It was just like, it made me so much more mentally strong, like, because it just experiencing something that was like, it was as if I couldn't pick up the bar, you know what I mean? Like, cause you get the steel and you just simply can't bend it. You know, it's like, yeah, of course you can go down to small enough where you can bend it, whatever. But like take a 60 D for example, you know, it's like, that'll just shut you down. <laughs> and it's like, and then just learning and, and just like going to that place where you're laying fully into it. And then just like having that become possible little by little was such a good thing for just like my mental fortitude when it comes to anything. And I think like the way I look at any feat, uh, I guess in general, but like if we keep it to strength, you know, it's like I appro I'm approaching it in the same way now. It's just like, yeah, okay. Like that's what it weighs. I'm going to figure out a way to lift it, you know, <laughs> like that's it. You know? yeah. And I think like that, that really, Maybe I always had it in me, but I think bending really brought it out of me, you know? Would you guys agree with, with like that? Just like it teaches you a certain level of mental fortitude that you hadn't experienced elsewhere? Without a doubt. There's nothing like it, yeah. Yeah, anytime, anytime you have to talk yourself through something and overcome a mental barrier, it's, it's so uh, helpful to your, your own character. And we've talked about this before, Cody, how we can carry on a conversation with somebody who's absolutely interested in something and can tell you all about it. And just watching the excitement of this person, you know, talk about what they're interested in, gets you excited about not exactly that thing, yeah. but what you're interested in as well. And I think being part of that community really helped the three of us and the five of us in that group, mm -hmm. um, the on a bender 
Um, but yeah, it, yeah. Having to go over those mental blocks is a huge character builder. It's huge. And it, it carries over to everything in life, whether it like, it is a, a weird sport, but it carries over into everything that we do. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's like, I think we could all relate to like the, I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I was talking about just like how motivated I am right now with like the strongman stuff. And at least for me, like the thing I'm passionate about, like, and maybe I said this on the podcast before, I'm not sure, but it's like, I almost have to remove the thought of that thing to think about anything else in life. Like basically all my waking hours, you know, <laughs> it's like that level of obsession with, you know, for a long time it was jujitsu. Like first thing I wake up in the morning, in my mind, I'm watching jujitsu before I go to sleep. And it's like, I'm only thinking about something else if I have to, you know? And it's like, that's the way it was with bending. That's the way it is with strong men. And it's like, I was mentioning this to somebody, I think it was yesterday. And I can see the look on their face when I say like, I have to remove the thought of that thing to think about anything else. And I was just like, I don't think this person gets it, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. But it's like, I think you guys get that, right? Maybe we all just have ADHD and we haven't been diagnosed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just the pure passion for it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a neat thing when you help, like my buddy Rory, or Cody, I know you've been talking to him. He's, yeah. he's a real strong dude. He's going to Worlds for Strongman coming up here. Very powerful guy. And he started bending a little bit laid off. And the first time I showed him how to bend a horseshoe, just I've done this with a few guys. You teach them how to bend something. And these are very strong guys. And you kind of help them direct their energy into a piece of steel, whether it's a horseshoe or a 60D, and just the look of satisfaction on their face, they, they all just tend to go, huh, <laughs> right? Like just the satisfied look at the end of it, you're like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's that feeling where you go, I just did that. It's wild, it's weird, and it's, it's just so satisfying. Yeah. It's funny to see the separation. So I've had both reactions where I've had somebody bend something and they kind of give it like a, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. And then they hand it off to you. And then somebody bends it and they're like okay what's next like you can see that in their eyes you're like all right let's dig into the box here let's see what else we got yeah there's like a certain person that gets to it it's great yeah so we talked a lot about the pros of the community you know like what about the cons is there anything you guys wish was different about the uh steel bending culture not that i can tell i i honestly like i haven't been in it that long compared to a lot of people it's been just a, a year and a bit and my personal experience everyone is so welcoming so nice so encouraging i can reach out to anyone like I, I was trying to think about another whether it's strength sport athletic endeavor where you can reach out to some of the top guys on the planet yeah. at it and they will get back to you and help you personally like that's my personal opinion i can't think of another athletic endeavor where you can just reach out to the best the best and they yeah. will walk you through a lot of it. I, I found it very positive and encouraging in my experience. And I've been very, very happy just to be a part of it. Yeah. I think maybe just like, and it's such a small thing, but there maybe is some element of just like, I think people should maybe just like let people live. You know, it's like if there is some dude like bending in doubles and that's what he does, like just let him do it. You know, like there's no reason to say like it'd be harder in singles. Yeah, of course it would be. Like everybody knows that. Like there's know? so many different aspects of this whole thing. Yeah, it's like uh, 
and that's like it doesn't happen a lot and i guess that's just the nature of like online stuff you can never really understand like the tone in which someone leaves a comment you know like but that's just like one thing that i've noticed is just like you know why even say like of course you know like why even comment <laughs> something like that it's very obvious that singles are a lot harder than doubles for yeah. sure <laughs> you don't have to point it out <laughs> yeah. i find with with uh fringe sports it's it's more so that you're able to reach out to those top guys like highland games is very comparable if you reach out to the top guys 90 percent of the time you're going to get an answer or a tip or something to help you out if you did it in basketball or something you wouldn't get the same reaction but having a, a community that small the people that are on top realize that you have to bring people into the sport to keep it alive you have to keep people coming through the gate. You have to keep people watching your videos online or it just doesn't go anywhere. So I think they kind of get that in a smaller sport. Yeah. And another thing I think about it, and I'm not like trying to like bring anything down, it was, it was like, and I've had to explain this to some outsiders that like maybe have it twisted. It's like, just because you're strong at this one niche thing doesn't mean you're strong in every possible way. You know, like that there's, a lot of guys who are a lot of guys we know who are that are like you know strong in everything they do but it's just because you know and this is good to keep in mind just because you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu doesn't mean you're an expert in something else you know it's like the fact is is if you're good at one thing you're good and you're a you're a, an expert at that particular thing it doesn't carry over to anything else you know yeah you guys find that in your in your sports that's like running rampant in jujitsu right now it's like everybody that's a black belt is an expert on everything else all of a sudden i can't take it it's insane it's like it's just like they're a doctor they're they're an accountant and they're a lawyer too just because they got a black belt <laughs> I've noticed it too much. No, I, I think that's just a lot of people these days because you can read up on anything on the internet, but. <laughs> Any yeah. Highland Games guys that, uh, you know, can throw a thing over a, <laughs> a stick or whatever that all of a sudden think they're like a, a marriage counselor or something, Josh? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to discourage these people because they do bring a certain person or a certain crowd to the game so i don't know you get your characters in every sport and as long as they're not um talking down the sport or you know doing something stupid to ruin it for everybody you kind of just have to let them spin their tires and, and just watch the clown show right <laughs> true but uh all right as we start winding down here anything uh you guys want to touch on I don't think so, man. Just thanks, thanks to you, like for you, uh, like for myself being a newbie last year. Just your your podcast has brought it drew me into the sport, and I I learned so much through it. Like I didn't like even what I referenced earlier with a mere snapping horseshoes is I didn't know that that was a thing, right? So the amount of things that I learned just through listening to your podcast, or or David Horn with his page and all the stuff he does, I just think that those like you guys, in my personal opinion, are pillars of this community. So just a thanks to you guys for everything you've done because it's helped me out. I, I can't, I can't give you enough credit for it. Yeah. Even if there's, there's nights where you, you don't think the, the credit is there or the thanks is there. Like the other night I was rewatching old episodes of the podcast just to get different views of things. And it is helping a lot of people. Oh, thanks, man. That's what I really wanted to do. And it's kind of funny, like, because to, to think or to look at my Instagram feed now versus when I, 
got my first bag of nails or whatever, just like a year and a half ago or whatever it was, it's, I felt like I couldn't figure out where this stuff was going on. And that's like, I've mentioned a, a few times, but like, thank God for Devin's like hashtagging and Jaden, cause those dudes, like as silly as hashtagging seems, like those dudes were hashtagging steel bending and that's how I found them, you know? Like, and that was kind of like how it all started. And it's like, you know, now it's like every other post is like some steel bending thing. Or, and it's like this whole world that, you know, I couldn't really, I didn't know existed exactly. And that's like with the podcast, I wanted to just like open that up a little bit because it seemed like, you know, rap, how do I wrap this thing? Like, am I really gonna just like message someone and ask? Yeah, I guess, but like, let's get something like that's good out there so people can watch and I can send them when they wanna know how to rap proper because it actually matters a whole hell of a lot how you rap, like, and uh, all the styles and everything like that. So it's like, I'm glad that people got a lot out of the podcast and it certainly was like a great thing for me because it kept me involved in this thing that was super exciting for me that physically I couldn't do every minute of the day, but it kept me involved with it like while I was resting. And it was like, there were certain days when I knew I had a podcast coming, I was so psyched, like I was gonna get to talk to whoever it was, you know? It was a really cool thing and I'm glad it helped people out too, you know? And Dave, you were the first person, I think, that messaged me saying like, hey, I listened to the podcast, like, thanks. I think you were the first message I got about that. So that was cool. Yeah, the first I, was review. Yeah. I just came across Steel Bending through like, yeah, a random thing. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a podcast. Everyone likes podcasts, right? And I looked it up and there you were, man. So yeah, it was a huge, uh, huge help. Learned a ton from this. I mean, that's why I started it because that's how, you know, like, did the same with strongman, did the same like skateboarding ones, jujitsu is like podcasts are such a good way to absorb information about the, the thing that you're into, you know, it's like, um, and I was like, okay, let, maybe there's a steel bending podcast. I want to know more about this. And there wasn't. So I made one. That's again on your first strongman competition, man. You uh, did yeah. dialed Thanks. in hard and you got very strong. Well, thanks for all your help, man. <laughs> Dave is my unofficial strength coach for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it was great, man. It was, um, you know, like I, I'm really happy with that. I'm ready to do another one, of course. <laughs> and uh, it's not something that I ever would have pictured myself doing. And I think like, you know, steel bending probably played a role in like getting me to that place. You know, it's just like, if, it felt great. It, it is the thing that I'm having to remove to think about normal life stuff right now. That's my <laughs> total obsession for sure. I've, I'm it's like, funny how it, I'm watching it's funny how it never happens all at once, right? Like you, yeah. you start at steel bending and then you get your first stone and you lift that a few times. You're like, Hey, maybe I should go do this. And it was funny. And I could watch it on your Instagram feed, yeah. how it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it was coming. And it's funny how they all are, you know, like there's a, there's certainly like of the Venn diagram, say there's like a good crossover of like the stone lifters and the steel benders, I'd say like, and then maybe the guys that are like super into competitive strongman don't necessarily, like they're a little farther over on that one, but there certainly is like some connection there, like of like guys that are into the natural stone lifting particularly and and steel bending which was cool and it certainly was like the segue no doubt about it 
And I don't know if you would agree with this or not, Josh, because you're a very good stone lifter, but I found the steel bending, like I got into stone lifting after steel bending, like natural stone lifting. I had done Alice stones before, but the natural stone lifting is something newer for me. And steel bending has helped a huge amount. The hand and the wrist strength to be able to do, because a lot of natural stone lifting, like just being able to hold your wrist cocked is huge. And the finger pressure and hand pressure, and I personally attribute a lot of, of my recent success in stone lifting to steel bending. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely helps in picking stones up off the ground. But I've always said, especially with natural stone lifting, every stone is a different puzzle and just finding new balance points and like how I'm going to lift this is a little bit different than the last stone I tried. It's the exact same thing with steel bending. Not every material is the same. It's a different puzzle. So I think getting that mentality as well really helps with stone lifting. That's actually interesting you say that because I'm going to draw the parallel that I usually draw and it's like of the the thing that's um it being so inconsistent and every natural stone being like its own puzzle like that's like sparring and jujitsu or like skateboarding or surfing or whatever like all those things are these individual things that you're almost like never recreate themselves and that maybe that's why that's like the stone lifting uh fits into a lot of the same type of people's training yeah, and it's like the same argument um, among stone lifters. It's like, okay, so you've lifted this stone, so you can lift 300-pound stones. It was like, no, no, hang on. There's yeah. one over here that's kind of shaped like an egg. Go try that one first and tell me you can lift a 300-pound stone, you know? It's, it's totally different, every stone. Yeah, yeah. So, so humbling, like, compared to a barbell, right? Like, a barbell, you know, a 300-pound barbell is a 300-pound barbell, but I know very strong guys, you know, that can lift – almost 400 pound natural stone, but if it's a little bit smoother and it's under 300 pounds, it's, it's difficult, right? So it's very, it's a strength puzzle, right? And now you yeah. got to figure out how to do it, where to grab it, just all your bodily strengths and deficiencies get, they get exposed pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the two Olympic lifters that came out to lift our stones. Yeah. Both of those guys can clean over 400 easily any day of the week and had trouble with a 275 pound stone. Like it's just, it's so different. That's, wow. that's awesome. I didn't know that, Josh. That's awesome. Yeah, those guys are not, they're like nationally ranked. They're Team Canada and they, they had trouble with it. That's awesome. Wild. And it's so interesting because it's like it works both ways, right? It's like just because you can lift the, the 275 pound natural stone doesn't mean you can go clean 400. You know, it's like all um, what you work on, you know, like how you develop your uh, skill set, I guess. It's, it's, strength yeah. is a weird thing man <laughs> yeah you can't hook grip a stone <laughs> yeah that's, true. that's for sure <laughs> actually josh why don't you I, I i know that i did it wasn't until like six months of knowing you that i knew that i didn't find out that you had the stones at your house so why don't you tell the people about the stones you had there oh yeah so rewind a little bit my first taste of stone lifting we were in utah and uh one of the athletic directors came over to us and said, listen, guys, we didn't have a strongman competition. We couldn't hold it yesterday. If anybody goes over there and shoulders that stone, I'll give you 125 bucks. And you know, at the end of the day, we're a little bit drunk. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I walked over and tried this. And of course I failed. I got it to my chest and that was it. And then I was hooked for stone lifting. So I started researching all these stones, the, the Scottish stones. And I thought, well, there's nothing holding me back from starting my own. I just got to go find a couple of stones. And that's kind of where it spitballed. And we've now taken, so we have two stones. One's 220. That's the wee lass. And the chieftain is 275 pounds. And um, so we also have commemorative coins. If someone's able to shoulder them, the men have to 
to shoulder the 275 pound stone and the women have to shoulder the 220 pound stone. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's open, an open challenge to anybody that wants to come out and try it. And it's neat to see the people that have actually come out to give it a shot. That's awesome. And you got a bell now, you got to ring the bell, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the new addition. We, um, I, I talked about it for a long time, like a long time ago. And uh, I was just recently talking to someone. I was like, why haven't we brought this out? So I, I finally found a bell. And now it's um, all, it, all it is is to establish that you have control of the stone on your right. shoulder. Because I've had a few people get it up there and then throw their arm off and then throw it down, which I still counted. I mean, I'm not going to nitpick, yeah. but if you really want to show me that you're in control, you have to go ring this bell. So I think it's a neat, neat little dynamic I've added to it. That's awesome. And how do people, if they want to come lift them, they just track you down on Instagram? Yeah, Goldfort Lifting Stones. We do have a Facebook page. It's not as active, but uh, mainly the Instagram one's uh, the big one. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. People should do that, man, because there's really not that many like uh, lifting stones or like notable lifting stones, even in North America in general. You know, it's like yeah. I was looking on that Old Man of Stones site, and uh, it's, uh, there's not many, really. And some are, are not liftable anymore. The closest one to me was like, in PA somewhere and they like uh, secured it in place somehow. It's like cemented to wherever it was. So it's not liftable anymore. Yeah, the only major ones I know of in North America um, and actually Dave is working with Ryan Stewart right now. Ryan Stewart set up a circuit around um, Salt Lake City, yeah. Utah. And there's tons of stones down there. They just released a documentary. If anyone hasn't seen that, check that out. Yes, um, but yeah, that's a big circuit. There's our stones and then there's a couple on the west or um, east coast that I know are still there. I don't, I don't kept up, but yeah. Ohio has a few, and Ohio, Ohio is strangely like I feel like Ohio might be the strongest state in the in the states. I don't know what it is like. There's some strong people from Ohio, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have some stones on that site, and actually, um, the dude um, Sean Urquhart, Ur uh, yeah. I messaged him and I was like, hey, man, do you know of any stones on the East Coast? You know, because like the history of the East Coast is like crazy. You know, it's like I figured there's got to be something that's maybe not on that site. And he actually I told Dave a little bit about this is uh, there. He sent me this article from Rogue about this um, old time strongman, like massive dude in the late 1800s that lived in um, eastern Connecticut named Elmer Bitgood. And he's some, they called him like uh, New England's Paul Bunyan. And supposedly he was like upper 300s, like fairly short, just like solid farmer dude. And he would do these demonstrations and he had lifting stones at his house, including a couple of um, uh, barbells, like old school uh, World's Strongest Man style with like two rocks on the side attached to the bar. Oh, yeah. So I read this article and I got to my detective skills going and uh, tracked down like w the people that live on this dude's farm now. And I found him on Facebook and I was like, hey, can I like, do you ever allow tours or anything? And I was, they're like, yeah, we, we, we let the schools come around and we tell them the story of the bit good family and everything like that. And I was like, oh, could I, uh, could I come check them out? Can I make an appointment? Or and he, I was like, how do I go about that? He's like, you just asked me, this is all on like Facebook Messenger. So it's like, uh, I'm going to go over like, uh, it's kind of close to where my in-laws have a place in uh, Rhode Island. So next time we're out there, I'm going to go check out these uh, 
ancient lifting stones from the New England's Paul Bunyan, Elmer Bitgood. It looks so sick. I'll, I'll have to send you the Rogue article. It's yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Those things look awesome, Cody. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So looking forward to that. And I'm half tempted to, to start a, uh, a Goldthorpe style uh, lifting stone Do it. in my uh, lawn. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next honestly that's the next thing with our our lifting so we have our stones that's established and everything so now we're, i'm i don't know how i'm gonna do it i'm gonna start raising funds to actually get a set of coins for whoever wants to start the next one and oh, and just keep it going man we got to get more of them out there yeah that's cool well dave you're talking about doing one in edmonton right yeah there might yeah there might be i can't confirm anything still working <laughs> on some ideas but there may be some coming to edmonton in the future yeah all right That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's all right, guys. Fun. Well, I think we'll call it a night there. It's really good to catch up with both you guys. Again, thank you for being part of this crazy thing, man. Like I said, if we didn't have that group chat, it would have been a whole different sequence of events. And uh, totally grateful. And I hope we all can meet up in person one day. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Thank no, you very much, very Cody. Much. All right. Well, I'll be in touch and this will come out probably tomorrow. So good night, guys. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Cheers. Cheers.